So I'm already on record that I think USC is going to beat Oregon State this weekend in Corvallis relatively easily. Hopefully the team isn't walking around with that same mindset, and I'll tell you why. Are you ready? Stay tuned. Here we go. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we are free. And again, I want to thank you once again for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. It means a lot more than you know. And if you just want to hear the voice and not look at the face... Go ahead uh, and follow me there on my Twitter at Mark Hulkin. Give me some feedback there. I love the interaction. So tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't. I'm going to tell you what uh, I like on paper is that USC always has more talent than Oregon State. Always have, always will. And uh, rarely is there a time uh, when the Beavers are considered the better program just to kind of put that into context for everyone. USC leads the overall series between the two, 63 to 12 with four ties throughout their history. Uh, now, with that said, the last time these two teams played, uh, Oregon State, they were they were the better team, flat out. And uh, they were definitely the more stable program. So when they left the Coliseum with a big win, 45 to 27, uh, it wasn't even that close on the scoreboard. The last time Oregon State won in Los Angeles against the Trojans was 1960, before uh, last season. So they enjoyed and relished every second of that uh, of that victory. Um, I don't see that same type of outcome happening this weekend. And that's because USC... Uh, they welcomed Lincoln Riley. They brought in some new players. So, and they're bringing a very stable program up to Corvallis uh, compared to last year. Uh, not only that, USC is undefeated and they're the number seven ranked team in the country. So it sounds, you know, you got Lincoln Riley, number, you know, number seven team in the country. If you've been paying attention, uh, this team offensively is almost unstoppable. Defensively, they are one of the most opportunistic, if not the most opportunistic uh, defense in the country. Um, all signs point to big USC win, right? Hmm. So, why should USC be taking this game more seriously than I am? I'll give you a few reasons here. <laughs> Number one, uh, I'm not playing, so they have to take the game more seriously. I'm going to get more serious here in a second, but just to kind of, again, USC has always, uh, you know, I, I went over the the overall number. They own Oregon State. Um, nevertheless, uh, in the last seven meetings between these two schools, up in Corvallis, again, got to emphasize this, uh, Oregon State has won four of those seven. 
So they hold the advantage. Now, USC does lead, uh, hold the overall advantage in Corvallis with 14 wins to five losses. So you can see that uh, those uh, four wins that the, of the five wins that Oregon State has, four of them have come within the last seven contests. Now, I'm sure everyone knows the dynamics. USC doesn't play up there every other year um, when the Pac-12 formed. Some teams jump from the North Division, fall off. So this is actually going to be the first time USC is visiting Corvallis since 2018. <clears throat> um, now, this is also going to be the first time since 2000, the year 2000, that both USC and uh, Oregon State are 3-0 to start the to start their seasons. And in 2000 was also the last time both teams were undefeated when facing each other. Um, Oregon State won that contest 31 to 21 in Corvallis. Guess who the uh, quarterback of that team was? Yeah, it's Oregon State's current head coach, Jonathan Smith. Uh, he had a pedestrian day, 10 for 21, excuse me, 10 for 29, 157 yards and a touchdown. So um, in 2000, Paul Hackett was USC's coach. Uh, Pete Carroll was still was still a year away. Uh, nevertheless, um, at that time, Oregon State was actually a really good team. Dennis Erickson, I believe, was their head coach. And uh, they were going to Fiesta Bowls at the time. So, again, typically USC is always the better program. Uh, but there, you will find uh, an occasional year, a blip, a blip in the universe where uh, Oregon State is actually the better team. They're not right now. Although some might argue they, they could be on equal footing just because um, they've been running the same system, have the same head coach uh, for the last few years where USC is trying to make it all happen now. So um, I, I think, again, though, when you look at on paper, uh, if you were to you know try and just look at things with an unbiased point of view, people would probably lean towards USC being the better team. Um, and again, another reason why USC needs to take this trip very seriously when they're highly ranked, like they were in 2006 and 2008, uh, and they go up to Corvallis, um, things don't turn out too well for USC. Uh, they, they lost both of those games. Um, fortunately this game is on a Saturday and not a Thursday when both of those games were when they lost. So USC has that going for them. Um, I mentioned the Fog Bowl on yesterday's episode with Pete Arbogast. And again, please, I, I want to apologize once again for the technical challenges that we had. Uh, it was of no fault of Pete. And uh, we will try and have him on again once we get uh, some of the platform issues worked out when we have a when we bring guests on the show. We've done it twice now. We've had issues. So until we get it worked out, you're going to have to go with me solo. Anyways, back to the show. Um, what, what were we talking about here? Yeah, the Fog Bowl. So, uh, you know, sometimes even Mother Nature makes it challenging for USC to win up there. It literally took a Reggie Bush uh, punt return for a touchdown and a Dominic Bird super catch that I think when he made the catch, the fog actually opened up for the moment so uh, fans could actually see what happened. That was the most 
um, surreal game I have ever attended. I literally was in the stands and I did not know what happened on the field until I heard the, the reaction of the crowd. And that's for the people who were at the 50 yard line who had a better view. Uh, it was either a roar of the crowd or a moan. And that's how I knew what was going on. Um, so USC was able to eke out that win in that Fog Bowl in 2005 when they had a really, really good team, loaded. Matt Leinert, Reggie Bush, Lendale White, I, 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 Dominic Bird. The list goes on and on and on. Um, so while USC may or may not have another Reggie Bush, um, you know, waiting the wings with Rayleigh Brown, Oregon State does have what they call an Anthony Gould, G-O-U-L-D. And against Montana State, uh, he became the first Pac-12 player since Washington's Dante Pettis back in 2017 to have two receiving touchdowns and a punt return touchdown in the same game. I was getting to that. This is why um, I brought up the uh, the Reggie Bush punt return. I would hate to see <laughs> USC lose by giving up a special teams touchdown. Hopefully, we don't see that happen in this game. Um, by the way, Anthony Gould is the only player to accomplish that feat so far in 2022. Not even USC's Jordan Addison can make that claim, and he returns punts as well as catches touchdowns. Um, so, a concern for the Trojans, who, you know, I, I kind of just alluded to this a moment ago. You know, they've been so-so on their kickoff coverage. We've seen it. I've raised the issue. If you uh, if you saw the episode where I was giving out grades, I brought this up specifically. So they probably don't want to test their uh, their punt coverage too frequently. Um, so far, um, USC hasn't been hurt in their return. Well, covering the other team's returns, uh, and also fortunately, USC doesn't punt the ball very frequently. In fact, they've only punted five times total this season, um, and that's really good. And another reason why the Trojans should uh, probably take this game seriously, uh, not that you know Riley's going to not let them look past Oregon State this weekend. Um, look, and I'm just going to be a little sarcastic here. The Beavers are going to their brother from another mother playbook, they're borrowing a page from the Oregon Ducks, and they're going to try and bust out their uh, their uniforms they wore back in 2008 when you when USC was number one. Came in the Reeser Stadium, they left losing. Well, Oregon State wore their orange tops and black pants, and uh, they ended up rushing the field. So we'll see if that works for them the second time around. Again, USC isn't number one; they're only number seven. It's not on a Thursday night. They're playing it on a Saturday. You know, don't, I guess, don't don't push your luck too much there. And uh, here's probably the number one reason why USC, Lincoln Riley, will have the team focused uh, on this game. This is going to be the last time USC visits Oregon State as a member of the Pac-10 Plus 2 Conference, a.k.a. the Pac-12. And it could be the last time ever. You know, I, maybe they schedule them out of conference. Who knows in the future? But uh, that's enough reason alone. 
to know that this old series is coming to an end. You know what else is getting old? Me. <laughs> We're all getting old, man. So, uh, you know, our bodies are changing and maybe we're even getting a little bit of a dad bod. No, I'm not. I'm not a dad and I keep myself pretty fit. If I do say so myself. Uh, but, you know, a lot of us, you know, we don't have time to work out. And But you want to, you want that energy and that body you once had. Uh, you discover, So why don't you discover new genics and you can feel revived working out like you used to. Remember when uh, winning felt easy? That's because when you were younger, you were at your peak of your testosterone production. What some have what some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone. Wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? You want more energy to counter the negative physical effects of aging? Eugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get you better results at the gym, and help you look better and feel like the man you really want to be. Hmm. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen, and that has been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost, shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. And because Nugenics tea, Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs, you feel stronger, leaner, with more energy and drive, and more passion, too. Your partner will notice the difference. So, Nugenics Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Nugenics Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, good-looking warrior you used to be. Now, go get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. Love that word. So, text COLLEGE to 231-231. Text COLLEGE to 231-231. So, going by the numbers, this game looks like it should be a shootout. I was looking at uh, the comparison numbers here. I'm going to go over a few of these with you. You tell me how you think this game's going to go. USC as a team, they averaged, they're averaging through their first three games, 50.7 points. So, almost 51 points a game and 521 yards per game. Conversely, Oregon State on offense, they're just a Shade under 46 points a game, and they're gaining 460 yards, 468 yards per game. Now, defensively, both programs are kind of middle of the pack um, in the Pac-12. USC, they're they're only giving up 19 points per game. Pretty good, 380 yards. Uh, Oregon State... They are giving up 25 points per game and 357 yards. Now, also, um, a couple of things here. This is the first time USC has gone three straight games without a turnover dating back to 2015. Okay. Um, Conversely, uh, the Beavers haven't turned it over in three. uh, Excuse me. The Beavers have turned it over three times a season. 
but they haven't turned it over in their last two games. Um, they've been credited with eight creating eight turnovers on defense. And we know USC leads the nation. Uh, they're at a plus 10. So on that, um, it, it's going to, I think whoever wins the turnover battle is going to win this game. And I'm going to, well, I'll rehash that number here in a little bit. Uh, also, you both, um, yeah, the Beavers are 3-0 for the first time since 2014. Uh, their fourth game of the year in 2014 was against USC. They lost 35-10. to uh, So staying with the numbers, Oregon State, because I mentioned that uh, USC is coming in the number seven ranked team in the country. Well, the Beavers are 1-5 and five, uh, versus ranked opponents under Jonathan Smith. Their only win was against Oregon in 2020. In the, uh, oh, this is going to be interesting. In the first half this season, Oregon State is outscoring their opponent 72 to 27. That's big time. And they're outgaining them an average of 250 yards to 142 yards. Uh, Oregon State has scored first in all three games they've played this year and have led at halftime in all three games. Well, just a reminder, USC is kind of good on offense. Um, they've led at halftime of every game. I will repeat this again. Uh, they were better at Rice. They were better versus Stanford. But in the first three games, uh, USC has scored touchdowns in their first three drives. So unless uh, the Beavers are going to be able to uh, go score to score with USC, are they going to be able to win the game? You know, again, you cannot trade field goals for touchdowns with USC. Fresno State, they they weren't able to finish in the red zone, and when they got there, they they had to settle for field goals. Um, and we saw what happened at their fourth goal, end of the game stand by USC's defense. They will step up when they have to. Uh, look, Oregon State, they went down. They got the win at Fresno, 38-35. It was the last play of the game. Um, so if they're giving up 35 to Fresno, Granted, it was on the road. I think USC's offense has proved they are better than the Bulldogs. And yes, USC will be on the road in Corvallis, where traditionally, you know, they have a tough time. But this is a new program, new head coach, new players. Maybe uh, all that past history is done with. Again, um, I think whoever wins the turnover battle, USC is going to turn the ball over eventually. It's going to happen. Let's just hope it's not this game. Let's hope USC can uh, get a couple, of, create two more. Again, they don't have to get turnovers in the conventional way. Get a couple three and outs, three or four of those. Um, turn those into points. USC will come away with a win. I'm going final score, 48 to 27. Bet on that. And then head on over to Bet Online. You saw that one coming, didn't you guys? Because betonline.net is your number one source for your football betting information this season. 
You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles, and analysis of every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. So if you don't have the Pac-12 network and you're not at the game, you know where to find the score. Check it out. Uh, They are also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head on over to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so let's. I'm going to just give uh, some USC team news, notes, updates, kind of stuff, and we're going to get out of here. I'm going to make sure I, I don't over-inundate you guys with too much information. We've got to spread it out. You get locked on USC five times a week. And as you know, when you're not watching or listening to Locked on USC, you're running, you're heading on right on over to WeRSC.com um, because that's where all the big news, notes, nuggets uh, that I can't give away for free are going to be over there. And uh, I believe we've got a one-week free subscription going on. This is the time to check it out. Don't lose out. Don't wait too long. Anyways, done with the infomercial. Um, so if you haven't heard by now, uh, Lincoln Riley confirmed it. Gary Bryant Jr., wide receiver, is going to redshirt for the rest of the season. And it caught a few people by surprise. Um, well, caught a lot of people by surprise. Uh, nevertheless, um, he's not hurt, but he is finding himself a little back on the depth chart. And last year when Drake London went down, uh, you know, he he finished uh, third on the team with 579 receiving yards. Uh, and he tied with London for seven touchdown receptions. But, you know, Riley brought in, you know, four new guys. You no, know, there's six new guys in that uh, wide receiver room, four transfers, and some good guys. So eventually you knew this was going to happen. Uh, Gary's redshirting so he can save his eligibility. He will be hitting the transfer portal um, at the end of the season. You know, things could change, uh, but when you're reading between the the lines here, reading the tea leaves, or going to some trusted sources behind the scenes, uh, the intention is for Gary to probably hit the transfer portal and go get some playing time uh, where the room just isn't as crowded. Uh, No, hey, look, it... You, there's a lot of talent at USC right now. And Gary is a very, very fast, talented wide receiver. But uh, there are other players on this team right now that are just, at least as far as the coaching staff is concerned, uh, filling the role better. And this is what happens. Look, you hate to to say this is, it's business, but this is business. Because these guys are still young adults. Some of you like to refer to them as kids. I try not to. And especially today, um, you've got NIL. Um, you've got these guys coming and going, treating themselves like they're pro players. you got to start treating them like adults. And you got to kind of be real with them. Gary's finding out that there's always going to be someone better than you. Just the way it is. That's life. 
and I like Gary. I wish, I hope he sticks around. Like I said, things could change. Nevertheless, uh, everyone should anticipate. Probably, uh, you probably see Gary Bryant take his, make, make his last reception as a Trojan. So, moving forward. Um, both starting left tackles are back practicing this week. And uh, again, a reminder, Cortland Ford was dealing with a uh, high ankle sprain. Bobby Haskins has a uh, shoulder issue. But uh, if you were looking for a clue from Riley after practice this week, good luck. He said after Tuesday's practice, uh, we'll see. Uh, we just got to watch how the week unfolds, how these guys practice. But having both healthy is certainly a big plus for us going into the week, end quote. Look, I have one source who's already told me that they we should probably anticipate Bobby starting this week. Cortland has started the previous uh, two. Yeah, he wasn't able to play uh, play this past week. But I think you're going to see Bobby starting this week. Not because he um, he's more healthy than Cortland. I think it's because the staff really liked the way he fought through whatever he was dealing with last week, played through uh, 72 snaps. And uh, I know that shoulder wasn't feeling good. So, again, um, he's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to play well. He's going to have to stay on the field and earn it because uh, Lincoln Riley and uh, Josh Henson have shown no qualms rotating. And uh, I know Cortland Ford thinks he's still the only starting left tackle. And that's the mindset you have to have, bottom line. Um, speaking of mindsets, uh, Shane Lee, he's uh, he's talking about the defense's the defense's mindset. Um, he was he was asked to kind of um, share his assessment after the first three games. I think we're playing okay at times. I think we have things to improve on, like explosive plays. I think the big thing is just the yardage in the run game. But I think we make sound stops, third down stops, fourth down stops, red zone stops. So we're a good defense. We just have to keep building like it like it takes time. And so it's still it's still the beginning of the season, and I'm excited to see where we have to go. Um on the mindset thing, he you know, Shane talked about, you know, it's about the bend but don't break. Um, and how that, uh, you know, how that might be, uh, how it's helping the team. Because when, all of a sudden when they have their back against the wall, uh, everything, everything, everything's about mentality when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, Shane was saying. Just having your back against the wall and having to make a play. Multiple guys uh, have to step up in those moments. And it, so it's definitely a testament to the guys and to the defense. So, you know, when you've got players coming over from Alabama like Shane Lee, who are going to constantly drive home the fact that no matter what, you've got to keep fighting. Um, when you've got the personality of a Lincoln Riley, who um, definitely uh, will not let the team stop fighting, I, when I watch him coach and I watch him walk the sideline and muttering and, and talking and whatever, uh, he and I have a very similar personality, very competitive. Um, he's just a 
such a stark difference than what the what the team had as their head coach prior to. Again, different personalities, but the difference between the two are night and day. And um, when you have somebody like that coaching, you don't want to disappoint. And um, because you know you're going to pay the price. You're going to hear about it. I'm not saying they didn't hear about it before, but it's different now. And different now is just better. So um, on that, we're at the end of the show because I'm just going to keep babbling and uh, rambling and I don't want to keep rambling. So until our next episode, which is the day after you're watching this one, you know what to do. Starts with an F. Starts with an O.